When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. everybody it's a new bonus series that's right we promised we were going to do this for you guys it is the what did we watch this month segment uh but i mean if we're being honest it's kind of more of like what did our eyes or ears pass by because you know we're still going to talk about comic books if we're reading comics or books Uh, that we've read or you know what music we're listening to so don't worry about that that's not going away um so i actually saw 10 things that I want to talk about this week. <laughs> Are you so, me? So I um I organized them in order of the worst thing that I watched up to the best thing that I watched during this past month. Uh so I'll start with my number 10 which was Slenderman. Uh Slenderman is a strong contender for the worst movie of 2018. Uh it well, is What else is a contender with that? I mean, I don't Truth or Dare is pretty bad. Oh, yeah. Um, the spy who dumped me was particularly awful. Oh, bummer. Uh, those would be probably my my bottom three. But Slenderman is just a very special dad <laughs> because, like, Truth or Dare at least had a little bit of a '90s vibe to it that that made it tolerable. And like, there was one or two jokes that worked in the Spy Who Dumped Me, but Slenderman had so little character development. The scares were non-existent and it was just fucking boring um i saw it by myself empty theater on like a saturday morning 
I thought you were going to say Saturday night. I was like, yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. No, Saturday morning, and there was maybe like six people in the theater. No one was reacting to the movie at all. And then it ends, and <laughs> the lights come on, and I turn on my phone but keep sitting in my seat just because I'm like, I, I'm so bored. I don't have the energy to stand up. And someone's walking by, and I just hear him go, Matt Kelly? And I look over, and it's my friend's roommate. And he was like, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, what do you think? He kind of looks like it. He's just like a big, burly, bearded dude. And he just goes, well, that sucked. (laughs) I said, yeah. Yeah, it did. And he walked away. (laughs) We just both walked away. That was the extent of our conversation. Uh, So Slender Man, total trash. Don't see it. Um, Not not in a fun way. No, like it's not even like it's so bad it's good. Like there is no chance in hell we will ever talk about Slender Man on this show. Thank goodness. Yeah, no, there's no really redeeming quality value in it whatsoever. So, Brian, what did? What, how about you go? Okay, um, the first one I say could have been on the show, but we missed the mark on it because it would have had to be in, in theaters now. So if we ever did do it. Upgrade? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, summer of 84. Ah, because, yeah. of, because of the Facebook page, it's popped up so many times that I was like, I'm paying for this movie. And I only pay for movies if I have to watch it on the podcast. And yeah. it's like 12 hours till we record. Then I'm like, ah, I'll pay for the movie. But, um, <laughs> dude, it was really good. Uh, my, my, my biggest thing is it's Stranger Things. If you like Stranger Things, you'll love the movie. If you didn't, if Stranger Things didn't do it for you, you won't like it. it but if Stranger Things didn't do it for you, there's something wrong with you yeah yeah no you you just you're a terrible person but i <laughs> you know some people are terrible people um but yeah just stranger things with a serial killer it's a brian kelly movie uh i just i don't even want to go into it just if you haven't seen it seen it great movie i think it's i think it's this year's sleeper in my opinion so i got a question about it because i still haven't seen it but i i did listen to the interview that jonathan did with the directors on geekscape Mm-hmm. And they basically said that because he he told them straight up, he's like, I think your movie's really, really good. But he goes, it's so generic for the first hour. And then it just goes bonkers. And they were like, yeah, that's by design. Like, we want it to see if we can make the most generic, forgettable movie for like 45 minutes and then just sideswipe people midway through it and see if we could like hold an audience's attention that long. Do you think that that's accurate or did you kind of think it was fine from start to finish because i've heard mixed things from people i I thought it was fine from start to finish the only thing that i felt the only thing i would say it was like i I didn't think it was boring at all or generic as much as like it was almost like a horror version of hacksaw ridge pacing if you saw hacksaw ridge where like you're almost watching a feel-good movie like it's almost like you could see this being like an episode of are you afraid of the dark kind of you know like okay. a like a real family oriented horror movie, and then it just gets dark. Okay, you know, like it gets real dark. You would think the first forty five minutes, you'd almost think like there wasn't a serial killer at all. It was just my shadow, or like something <laughs> like that. But uh, yeah, no, it gets it's got a weird turn. But I I didn't think it was generic at all. I don't know what Scott's thought on it was. I have not seen it. Um, it's I've been slacking. Uh, well, uh, here's my thing: is I've been slacking because I've been recording music, so I do have an excuse. But um, no, it's on my list. Upgrade is on my list. Uh, 
Fuck. Ant-Man and the Wasp is on my list. So next month, I'm sure I'll talk about all three of them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Scott, what do you want to talk about? Some of these are not necessarily within the last 30 days. But since this is the first time we're doing this, I'm going to go a little crazy. All right. So I want to just (laughs) I just want to touch on a couple and then I want to go a little bit more in depth on a couple. So let me do the the just the quick ones first and then we'll do the round robin like we were doing so um i watched i i don't think that we've talked about seeing infinity war have we if we did it was it was when it was still so new that we didn't really want to discuss it we were just like yeah we saw it it's good (laughs) i've seen it three times now it's great uh i actually watched it with megan and she didn't hate it so I'm going to try to get her to watch um, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming with me because she hates Spider-Man, like hates Spider-Man. But I feel like Tom Holland is such a good Spider-Man and Peter Parker that she might enjoy it. Plus, it's, you know, it's got Beetlejuice in it. So yeah, it's a there we go. fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so. So, yes. Um fucking uh infinity war um uh cult of chucky oh yeah uh, we were gonna do a um like uh not quite in in theaters now but we were gonna do like an on-demand thing back in i think it was what was it november january or something like that it was almost a year ago (laughs) yeah and it's on netflix i watched it and there are some definite gaps in my understanding of the series because I don't think I've even seen part three, which it's it's is, irrelevant. I was lost too. I've seen all of them except for the one before this one. And I think that the one before this one ties into this one a lot. It, no, actually I don't. I disagree. I think that this one kind of ignores curse of Chucky. I've never seen it. I was just lost. You know, I, now, this one I feel like touches on very it, it, it's kind of like the the actual successor to um, Child's Play 3, right, Matt? It's definitely Child's Play 3 mixed with Curse of Chucky. Like those are the two key ones that you need to watch, because if you've never seen Curse of Chucky, you really have no understanding of who the main female is. Oh, the same oh asylum. she's she's um she's from cult of chucky or curse of chucky yeah what does this have to do with the third one though because i've seen the third one and i've seen this and i don't see the correlation because main guy right yeah andy comes back and it's the actor who played andy and he's kind of like got a military background now so like that's an element and then i mean this isn't too much of a spoiler and i it's mostly because I don't remember the movie that well. So apologies if, if this is a spoiler, but like the sister from the second movie starts to play a part in it. Like they really tried to tie all of the, the franchise into one thing. I don't, here's the thing. I'm always torn with, with the child's play franchise because I know that they're not good movies, Mm. Um, but I always, but I always want to, I love child's play too, but like, I want to give them credit that more than almost any other franchise because they've had only one writer throughout the entire film you can feel that there's at least a a consistent story that he's trying to tell like it's not kind of like 
I feel like a lot of the Freddy movies, as much as I love them, like you see Freddy die and then he's just kind of back. And there's not always a lot of yeah. explanation oh, why yeah. he's back. Whereas like the child's play movies very much are like, well, this happened, but then this happened and that's how he came back. And now like this person's part of this story. And like, you may think that Andy's not part of the movie anymore because of Bride and Seed, but he's going to come back. At, like, it's like, yeah, it, it feels like he really, yeah. Like it feels like he knew what he was doing. It's kind of like the later, um, Planet of the Apes movies, where like the, the Planet of the Apes movies continuously get kind of worse as each one goes by, but it's always an impressive franchise to watch because the first Planet of the Apes movie is technically the fourth movie in the timeline that it's telling because they were able to do five what? films that go full circle. <laughs> yeah, know? I don't watch those, and that sounds absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so the, you've got the first Planet of the Apes movie where like you know, Charl- Charlton Heston comes to Earth, and it's the pl- spoiler alert, and it's now a planet filled with talking <laughs> apes. Um, and then in the second movie, uh, a different set of astronauts fall there, and all of a sudden they find that there's a group of like mutant humans that live underground in the planet of the apes that are worshiping the last nuclear bomb that exists. And at the end of the movie, they blow up the fucking planet with the nuclear bomb. But three of the apes escape in a spaceship from the previous astronaut. And when they come back to earth for the third movie, it's actually present day sixties. And they're kind of like this, they're celebrities and they're chic. And the third movie is like a really weird movie. Cause it's just like a family drama, but people think that they're so weird and they don't like it. So they murder them, but not until they had a child. And then the fourth movie is the child grows up and leads a rebellion of all these apes that are being treated as slaves. And the fifth and final movie is the war for Earth, where the apes win and take over the world just as the planets are landing or the the, uh, astronauts from the first movie are landing. Okay, so this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. (laughs) I hear a lot of dumb shit. Not you, but rather when someone distills what Planet of the Apes is about. Holy shit. (laughs) Well, my entire what did I watch this week was the Planet of the Apes franchise. So I have no <laughs> idea what I'm going to talk about the rest of this episode. <laughs> wow, you're on my shit list. Uh, so so um, I'll do a couple more real quick ones and then we'll get back to it, all right? All right. So um, I watched uh, – I finally finished American Movie, the doc about Colvin. <laughs> do you want to um, see it now? Uh, fuck no, I don't. Um, <laughs> that guy is so annoying, just so annoying. Um, but yeah, I, I, that movie really, or that doc made me really, it made me feel real weird. Um, it feels like a mockumentary for like a huge chunk of it. Yeah. Well, the whole fucking movie feels like a mockumentary. And if I didn't know that it was, see, cause that's even the marketing of it. When I found out about it or when you told me about it or something like that, I was like, this is a mockumentary, right? And you, I think we were on the air and you were like, no, it's real. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the only part i ever remember of that movie and it's probably because it's the funniest part in the movie is when they're doing the multiple takes of trying to smash the guy's head through the cabinet door <laughs> and it's like not breakable wood it's just a regular cabinet yeah, door yeah and they keep like cutting it they, oh man brian have you seen american movie i have not it's on shutter uh i highly recommend watching it but be prepared to feel weird Mm, I like feeling weird. Just like not, yeah, I know you like feeling weird. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Um, and then I, then I, I want to mention two other things, and we'll get back to it. So, uh, Nurse 3D, I finished it. Wow, 
garbage absolute <laughs> garbage one of the worst horror movies i've seen in a decade i mean how long did that table for because i feel like you started watching that in june right yeah yeah <laughs> i i came back to it because i was like i need to there's a lot of nudity in it all right um, and and that definitely kept me coming back but the I don't understand anything about how it was made or what the thought process of that was or who paid for it because the woman is so incredibly gorgeous, but the worst actress you've ever seen, like amazingly bad. Uh, And it's like the whole, everything about the movie is so competently put together except for the things that matter like it's shot really well and it's got high production value but the story is god awful and everybody acts like a moron and the acting is so bad and the 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 quote unquote twists like a child would be like okay i see where this is going it's just but it's not meta enough to be tongue-in-cheek it's just bad it's so bad (laughs) and also there are no like i didn't watch it with 3d glasses on but you can always tell when there's that scene or that like close-up that's supposed to be 3d right yeah okay so if you're gonna have nurse 3d and have it be about slutty nurses and have the main character be naked 50 percent of the time wouldn't you have 3d boobs I mean, that would be the moneymaker. Right. So maybe that's why this movie failed. Probably. (laughs) Anyway, Matt, back to you. (laughs) All right. Uh, So number nine, Uh, I went to a video store that's not too far from my house. It's in uh, a town called Ardmore. And it calls itself Viva Video, the last video rental store. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, VHS, DVDs, Blu-rays. They have it broken into all types of segments. So, like, you go into the horror section, and there's, like, a pretty big horror section. But then it's broken down by director as well. So if you just want to oh, rent, wow. like, a bunch of Fulci movies, they're there and stuff like that. Um, so I had a really, Why would you? Yeah. So I had a really good <laughs> conversation with uh, the guys working there. And they had this, like stack of dvds that they were selling so i grabbed a couple things and when i got to the register uh the guy said oh you actually have four movies it's if you buy four the fifth one's free um but i was running late so i just looked at the pile and grabbed the first movie that i was like i could watch that uh and it was my number nine godzilla from 1998 starring matthew roderick Uh, i thought it can't be as bad as everyone says because i remember kind of liking it as a kid holy shit this movie sucks um i saw that I, movie for my birthday for my yeah. eighth birthday and i had a shirt of godzilla and you could push a button and it would go <laughs> yeah good things about godzilla brian's shirt the taco mm. bell commercial with him yes and <laughs> and the soundtrack the rest of the movie garbage <laughs> i feel like that soundtrack is a Matt Kelly good soundtrack, not a normal person good soundtrack. Am I correct in that assertion? Are, are you trying to say that you don't like Puff Daddy rapping over top of Led Zeppelin? <laughs> because for me, it's the only good thing that Puff Daddy has done with his career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's probably true. Although Except fall into obscurity. There's there are some weird people on that soundtrack. Like, have you looked at that soundtrack listing anytime recently? 
No, 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 I can't say that. Why would I? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me read to you who's on this soundtrack because it's fucking bonkers. Um, so Days of New, it, Brian. Days you of New is on there. Uh, the Foo Fighters are on there. No, I'm not reading the the Varsity, Varsity soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Silverchair, Jamiroquai, Ben Folds Five, The Wallflowers, Rage Against the Machine, Fuel, and the best and best is in quotes, is Green Day is on it, right? But it's it's Brain Stew, the Godzilla edition, which means that it's just the song Brain Stew, but at random points, Godzilla growls in the background. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. I want to be that big. I want to be that big of a band that they're like, we'll throw money at you if we can just butcher your song. <laughs> it's like, bring it on, baby. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Godzilla 2019, or... 2019 <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to godzilla 2019 uh godzilla Isn't that actually the japanese the, the the japanese company that did all of them is has gotten it back is yeah right? and i think 11 is in it from stranger things um Ooh. but i i mean i love the actual kaiju godzilla movies because there's like a sense of fun and they're all usually short like they're like a nice like rainy afternoon movie they clock in at like 75 minutes and it's just costume monsters fighting each other and it's perfect uh <laughs> godzilla 1998 is like two and a half hours long and it's horrendous so uh brian what, what's your next one my next one is tag and i don't know how to describe tag and i won't take up too much time on tag because it is much funnier than it has any right to be but it's not... and this is the one that matt said that he almost threw up from laughing so hard at, at one part there there's like a moment that is so fucking funny and i was <laughs> trying to find that moment because I, I remember you said it was like a, a taboo moment and i and i'm not sure if i caught it or that movie has some really really great moments and then there's a lot of lull at points yeah like it's it's not necessary I, I won't watch it again but I left. Like I found it pretty funny. It's it it's unfortunate because there's just a lot of like a lot of comedies that are like that where I just feel like you know horrible bosses. All these movies that like they're really funny, but they're not Caddyshack. They're not like they're not these movies that thirty years people are going to be talking about. I feel like a lot of comedies now are just very forgettable, but they are funny and it it was entertaining. Um, the guy from hey, New I Girl is hysterical in that movie. Yeah, he was. I told you about what was the other one he was in that was funnier than it had any right to be. Let's be cops. Okay. Let's be cops was more funny than it had any right to be. But hey, also so, a forgettable um, comedy. <laughs> yeah, because I never even watched it because I hated the, uh, the the title. So I was at my desk yesterday, and people around me were getting ready to go to lunch or something like that. And literally, some guy goes. Uh, he does the leader of cola bit from Super Troopers, and I was like, you know, they don't really like you guys that much, but I do appreciate the fact that you quoted my all time one of my all time favorite comedies. <laughs> yeah, and that movie is what like fifteen. Yeah, I feel like Super Bad's old now. Super Bad's one of the like Super, no, Super Troopers or Super Troopers. Sorry, Super Troopers is fine too. I was gonna say Super Bad is one of those movies that I think will stand the test of time, like 30 Super years. Super Troopers has too. Yeah. yeah, but I think Super Bad is so incredibly funny as well, <laughs> just in a very different way. Super Troopers is just that quote after quote movie that yeah. you just... And 40-Year-Old Virgin, that movie is forever 
really enshrined in my like anything that Judd Uptel's name is attached to. Uh, uh, Jose, let me reword that. The, the, that. Not all of the movies that Judd Uptel made will stand the test of time, but the movies that will stand the test of time all have Judd Uptel's name attached to it, if, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Like, because, you know, knocked up, not not so much. Yeah, but like 40-Year-Old Virgin, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and Superbad, I all think are movies that like 30 years from now people will still talk about and like be very fond of because they were just well-told stories with comedy in it. I think that's the problem with Tag is that Tag just has these moments that they're really, really funny, but they also try to earn a lot of like serious moments and they don't really meld well with the humor. Whereas like Superbed and Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Marshall and 40 Year Old Virgin were able to blend characters that were so likable and like a very touching story while being funny the whole time instead of just like quick tone shifts. And I kind of wish they would have done a more you guys might hate me for this if you haven't seen the movie because I thought it was going to be terrible, but Pain and Gain was actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, and I wish they would have followed that movie. Pain and Gain, where like remember Pain and Gain, they would just stop in the middle of the movie and be like, "Just to remind you, this is a true story." Like, yeah. like four times in the movie, they're like, "Just to remind you guys, this actually happened." Because- yeah, when he's barbecuing a body in the back yeah. of a warehouse. Yeah. Like, just a reminder, this really did happen. <laughs> yeah. I wish Tag would have broke the fourth wall a little bit more on that, like, because it is a true story. I don't know how much of it is, but if if the whole thing is pretty much true, it's, it's fucking insane, you know? Yeah. All right, Scott. <laughs> All right, so I have a back-to-back that I want to do, then we can continue on. All right. Um, Demons and Demons 2. Okay, I I watched those on Shutter. Um, they've always been low on my watch list. Um, Demons one is far superior. Demons two is really a slog. Um, Demons one is the one in the theater. Demons two is the one in the high rise. Um, they feel very Dawn of the Dead. They're kind of a siege movie, and as we all know, I do not like siege movies. So, Demons, entertaining, just from a visual perspective, and how much obvious cocaine was utilized throughout the writing, production, and editing of that film. So, um, that might show up in a couple years. It's low <laughs> on my list for Horror Movie Night, but it might. we might get there. Sweet. Uh, I'll keep this one short. Um because I think the fact that I rank this so low on this list is going to be controversial because there are people who adore this movie and are praising it left and right. And I, the more I think about it, was not a fan of it. Uh, sorry to bother you. Just did not do it for me. Um, John is going to rip your ass for this one. No. Wait, no, no. He hates it too. He hated That's it right. too. Yeah. Him and I hate everything. <laughs> this is also true. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, the first half is is a pretty decent like social commentary on on minorities in the workplace and and how they get mistreated and then it just starts to try to be a sci-fi horror movie out of the blue and it really just so, fucks uh, the pacing. I know you read the wiki page and we're like, "Well, that's stupid." I, yeah, <laughs> and, and you and I had a I th- or were I I don't remember it was just you and me or if it was the three of us, but I've been thinking about it. All right? And I, this is spoiler free obviously, yeah. but um, I think Sorry to Bother You, whoever wrote it, 
is was trying very very hard or maybe not but the the um influence of philip k dick especially his earlier stuff is super evident in that the big twist in the third act yeah no that is uh it is so so philip k dick i'm actually reading ubik right now and i love that book (laughs) i've never read ubik my favorite is uh the five stigmata of palmer eldritch uh Really, really great. I mean, I love everything I've read by Philip K. Dick. Literally never found a bad Philip K. Dick novel. And I also love the fact that they're like 200 pages because you can burn through them in a weekend if you really want. Yeah. I don't really like – I've done my time with the Stephen King thousand pagers, and I don't want that in my life anymore. Sorry, Stephen King. I will never finish 11 22 well, I want well, to, he's, but – he's unsubscribing now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway I I love Philip K. Dick but I feel like he was a singular genius as far as presenting a situation and then turning it on its head and making it work yeah Uh, I think that trying to do that is just impossible for anyone else I think I don't think it's going to happen now but I think that they were trying to do a film version of Ubik a couple years ago and I want to say that it was going to be a collaboration between um, oh, what the, Charlie Kaufman as the screenplay writer and Michelle Gundry as the director. And I, I feel like that's the only way that you could have done that. Who's Michelle Gundry? Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, wow. And, and that's, yeah. like, that's the only team that I think could pull it off. Because it's such a the, the it fucks with time and coherence and yeah and the the editing would have to be just nuts. Yeah, I, it would be amazing to see. But, you know, I just I have a hard, it's sad because I don't think that I've actually ever seen a Philip K. Dick story presented correctly on the screen. I would say that there's one that I think is a very solid adaptation is um, oh, what the fuck is it called now? Uh, a Scanner Darkly. Scanner Darkly no, was the only one no, I thought I, I, captured the vibe I of the book. Super- it, it captured the vibe, but I thought that it was very poorly made. Uh, not that it didn't have the money for it. I just mean that I just was very, very unhappy with with the visualization of the actual scanner. I can um, see that. I know that it's like a very um, – because that was also a weird art style it, that they went yeah, for. Yeah, like Waking Life was very similar in my mind. Yeah. it's. I mean it's the same director, Richard Linklater. But uh, – Okay. But But – I think that when I was reading the book, I was like, okay, I understand why they shot it the way that they did because I don't know how you would do this with a live-action cast. Like, But that's the thing is that I don't think that that's a b- movie that should have been made. Probably not. That that was really – because I watched it when it came out. Was that 2005 or something like that? And um, I was – because I was excited because I loved The Scanner Darkly, but I – didn't feel it. And I I also was confused at how they decided on that visualization of the technology. Makes sense. All right, Brian. Let's so go. I watched Hounds of Love. And what the fuck is that? So <laughs> it is uh it's like a serial killer couple movie. Okay, of course and it is. Poor Jade was like really trying to make a Brian night for me. <laughs> she, like, she made food and she Isn't was that like, every night? No, no, no. We we share. You know, we, we 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 both put each other on a pedestal on a different night throughout the week. So I was on the pedestal the one night and she was like, Hey, I found this movie you'll love. Like, let's watch Hounds of Love. It looks really good. It's got great reviews. 
as if I were a film critic, right? If I were if I were just going basing it on film and the art of film, it is great. It is a great movie. I will never watch it again and it ruined my day. There's two things that are really one of them is just really tough to me for me to watch and the other one I don't want to watch, which is rape and a dog being murdered and both of them are in this movie. Um usually when I see a horror movie it's like rape is really drawn out and a dog dying is like really quick and over with complete opposite. And it like really ruined <laughs> my day. It was a guy. I mean, I, Scott, I don't suggest you watch the movie, Matt. I doubt you will. So, and it's not that much of a spoiler. <laughs> I have no desire yeah. to watch this shit. The dog gets stomped to death and it's no. got like, it's like, no, nope. it, it's, it, it was so painful to watch that. Like we had to finish the movie. Like we, we were like an hour and 10 minutes into it. And we're like, we have to finish this and just hoping that this girl gets out of this because if we stop it right now, it's going to ruin our night. And even after finishing it, we still had to watch like three episodes of the office before we could go to bed. Like we, <laughs> we, we both need to like wash ourselves of the movie, but it was, it was great. Like I can't knock the movie as it was. It was shot very well. It was written very well. The pacing was incredible. Just oof, never again. <laughs> it wasn't like a Serbian film where it's like, all right, this is just a bad movie that they're trying to fucking ruin your night. It was like more of a requiem for a dream. Great movie, ruined my day. Don't ever want to watch it again. That's that's hounds of love for everyone. <laughs> all right, Scott. <laughs> all right, what's on my list? Um, so here are two movies that Megan and I watched together uh, in one week, and they were both great i want to start with the one that was less great because it was more fluff i feel pretty with uh amy schumer uh, see i that one didn't do it for me and i wanted to like it i thought it was cute i thought it was cute it's it's a total fluff movie that i would never watch again it's a date movie you know like uh, my biggest qualm with it is that amy schumer is not fat enough for the role she's chubby but she's not I don't know. Like it just it's it it stretched my my she's she's cute enough that it's very much like the the not another teen movie where it's like oh but the overalls and the oh glasses. and the glasses <laughs> like, yeah. and the paint <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, but it was cute and Michelle Williams brings so much greatness to everything she does and i love her i just absolutely love her so um yeah who knew that michelle williams of all people from the dawson's creek cast would be the shining star <laughs> out of that group of kids um anyway did so that was good about the plague i feel like <laughs> <laughs> i did actually forget about the plague so then um the other one is was a total banger Guys, I highly recommend anybody watch this movie, The Greatest Showman. Oh, I love that Oh, movie. my God. That musical was, was Oh, fantastic. my God. It was so good. I mean, like, it's a musical, but it was – and, you know, it's like 
those musicals where they it felt very across the universe yeah, and it felt very much um uh uh moulin rouge yeah, the, actually the only thing with that movie that you have to do is shut off your brain about a movie that's trying to make pt barnum seem like a really super great guy <laughs> yeah oh no who and, and but that's the thing is like who gives a shit like it's so obvious that that movie is not historically accurate <laughs> i mean no, it's visually stunning. This I listen to the soundtrack at work a lot. The soundtrack like, is great. I think that there's there's not a bad song in that movie. It's a very well done. The first time I watched it, I didn't like it. And my issue with it was that I was like, and hear me out on it. I felt like visually it was really going for this like old timey musical feel, but all of the songs sounded like Imagine Dragon songs to me when I watched it. Oh, they sure did. And I was okay with that. But the second for whatever reason it worked. Yeah, the second time I saw it, it like all clicked and I was like, okay, this is supposed to be more like a Mulan route. Like I thought that I was going into a movie that was gonna be like, hey, we're gonna do like a 1950s musical. And I was like, sounds great. Like I'm on board. And so once I got past that, I was like, this movie's fantastic i've shown that movie to a lot of people actually you know i gotta mention something just real quick not a movie but it ties in with this uh for my birthday last month megan got us tickets to see hamilton hamilton (laughs) (laughs) what's your name man (laughs) oh man It, it i have never been so floored by a musical it is an absolute work of genius. Lin Manuel Miranda is not human. It's it's impressive. It is the to me, perfect. It's impressive to me how much you love that musical. Um, I mean, it, it makes sense because that musical is adored by everybody. But that musical goes like a whole extra level when you're as into hip hop as I am because there's <sighs> there's so many like references to famous albums and famous lyrics and famous MCs like scattered throughout all of that musical that it's just like a hit like there was a music video um <laughs> or there was a video on YouTube that I love there's a hip hop channel called Hip Hop DX and they have a segment each week called the breakdown where he'll take a controversial topic and talk about it and his one topic was Lin uh Lin Manuel Miranda uh should be in your top 5 hottest MCs and like he just goes through like, I don't care who you're listening to in your car. It is not as good as everything that he wrote for Hamilton. It's not as in depth into the culture as hip hop as Hamilton. It's like and he like breaks down lyrically like, who can have a Broadway musical that makes in depth references to Tupac versus Biggie throughout it? Like, it's very interesting how yeah. tied into the the hip hop culture it is while still being tied into historical culture. Yeah, and it's also written and the the book i mean lin-manuel miranda wrote everything uh, alone (laughs) um the the only person that he had as reference was the guy that wrote the biography that inspired him to do the play yeah and it's just the 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 whole point of a lot of broadway is to you, you establish theme musical themes early on and then you bring them back as reprises in interesting ways throughout the second half. And he did that, but he went another level and mutates them so that they are more than just a reprise. It is amazing. And he also wrote the book, like the stage book. So he did all of the 
the stage direction and all of the choreography, just like I said, he's, he's inhuman. That is, uh, I have no, I don't think that I have respect for any modern composer as much as I do for Lin-Manuel Miranda right now, because that dude, and he seems so real. You should also, if you haven't yet, because I know you're not into animated stuff, uh, see Moana where he did all of the music as well. Great. Dude, I've seen Moana. Okay. I wasn't sure if you had he did the music for that. Yeah, he did. He wrote all the music for Moana. Well, I mean, that was also really, really. And now he's writing all the music. I think he's. I don't think he's writing all the music, but because he's in the new Mary Poppins movie, they used him as a reference point for some of the songs. Oh, cool. Uh, maybe I can get Megan to finally agree to to watch that with me, <laughs> knowing that he's involved because she adores. She well, she she doesn't see the point of Mary Poppins being redone. And um, so maybe I can talk her into it. Mm. All right. Um, I'm going to cover two of them uh, real quick because the one I don't want to say too much about. Uh, so I saw, uh, I guess this is number seven on the list, is the Happy Time Murders. Uh, all of my opinions are on the Analog Jones episode that I guessed it on. Um, but the short version is it was a it was what could have been a very good movie hidden inside of a very mediocre movie. Uh, they had a really good like film noir concept and the characters were likable enough, but they just kept going to family guy style shock humor throughout it. And it really uh, fucked the tone. Um, but that's all I'm going to say. Listen to the episode for, for a more in-depth review of that. Uh, so number, <laughs> number six, which will be very controversial that I put this higher than something like Sorry to Bother You, which was so highly rated. Uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, directed by John Carpenter and starring Chevy Chase. <laughs> um, Scream Factory. Put- someone's been listening to. Uh, oh, it's because Scream Factory put it yeah. out. So I was about to say, someone's been listening to Shockwave. Yeah, Scream Factory sent me uh, the full. They did a trilogy of John Carpenter movies, so they sent me all three of them. Uh, it was in the Ma- mouth of madness. His film from the seventies prior to Halloween called "Someone's Watching You" and "Memoirs of an Invisible Man." And I, I mean, I like "In the Mouth of Madness," but "Memoirs of an Invisible Man" was just kind of a a fun dumb comedy. It's not like anything to write home about, but I, I thought it was a an interesting take on the Invisible Man story that we've seen and heard a thousand times and. You know, it's like, what more can you bring to it? But John Carpenter brought a little sense of style. And I used to watch this movie all the time as a kid and had no clue it was a John Carpenter movie until maybe like three years ago. Um, so it's it is what it is. Uh, I don't necessarily recommend it, but I had fun and I'll probably rewatch it. All right, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to also discuss two movies back to back that tie in together. Um, the first one I watched was Intruders from 2016. It is a home invasion movie. Um, I'm going to I'm going to do a spoiler alert, and the spoiler alert is beneficial to you guys and everyone listening to not see the movie. Um, starts off with the great premise, in my opinion. It's a home invasion movie, but the woman is agoraphobic. She hasn't left her house in ten years, so she is fighting off these intruders, but she will not leave the confines of her house. Not a bad idea. Uh, then it turns out that she has a torture chamber in her basement that she used to lure pedophiles and perverts in to kill, and she tries to torture and kill them. It is a very bland, shitty movie. Uh, don't watch it. And I also watched Gone with the Wind, 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> also a planned shitty movie. So Gone with the Wind, I watched in four increments because I don't have four hours to sit down and watch a movie. Yeah. Um, which I feel like is the best way to watch Gone with the Wind because it drags. But but overall, I'm torn because I don't understand why I liked it so much when the lead character is such an awful lead character. Like 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 the, like the for four hours to focus on such an awful human being is so weird to me. But it it's I liked it. I get why it's like on every list. Very dark at the end. I wasn't I, expecting. I always say that Gone with the Winds one of those movies where like because I've seen it because I watched I watched all one hundred of the uh, AFI's top one hundred films of all time. And like certain films that I watched in that became like favorites of mine. And then other ones were like, I appreciate what this movie is. I'm never watching it again. And like Gone with the (laughs) Wind was like very firmly like a, oh, yeah, this is like a very visually impressive movie for its time period. I never want to watch it again. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I would. I don't think I would watch it again. But I I don't know. I I am also trying to watch like 100 movies, you know, the the, the 100 movie list. And like there are some, especially like some black and white movies, uh, not black and white, silent movies that are like I've watched some painful movies on this list that just really do not age well. And it's weird. Like there's some I mean, like the cabinet of uh, Dr. Caligari or Mm -hmm. however you pronounce it, like that movie for a silent film was I loved it. Um, Yeah the the guy who did uh the kkk movie um fuck what the hell oh oh birth of a nation yeah but not that movie the other one intolerance intolerance was dragging like that was a rough movie to watch and i didn't i didn't feel like it was rough i really didn't watch gone with the wind uh the straight four hours just because i didn't have time but it did get my attention so i get why people love it but like you said would never watch it again all right scott go Oh, man. I only have one left. Go for it. Handmaid's Tale Season 2. What'd you think? Oh, my God. Incredible. Yeah, Jade really likes that show. I mean, I think the Season 2... Well, here's the thing. is The Season 2 is the... It's completely off the rails. Or not off the rails, but it's it's, it's new territory. Because even the end of Season 1 is kind of like new territory outside of what the original book presented and um i'm okay i was okay with that i know megan had a couple issues with that and we talked about that a while back but um season two is all fresh territory i love it i loved it it was so good but it's also such a sad state of affairs in american politics and culture that um we watch something as dark fucked up as handmaid's tale Mm -hmm. to relax after a day of politics (laughs) i always thought it was funny like uh my old roommate cat i feel like that show was made for for her and she loved it because she strictly watches two types of movies movies that are set 300 years ago and movies that are set way into the future and I just thought it was great that they made a show that is set in the future, but looks like it takes place 300 years ago. I just never uh, really got into it. Uh, well, that's okay. I think it, I think also women automatically gravitate more towards the series because 
it is so visceral about the loss of their rights. Yeah. So, and I think if it was different, like I was cooking when Kat was watching it or like I was doing other things. And that seems like a show you like turn your phone off and you just watch in order to really get sucked in. Oh, yeah. You can't you can't passively watch The Handmaid's yeah. Tale. Yeah. And that's kind of how I watched it. All right. Well, I watched. <laughs> uh, so I'll do uh, my number five and my number four. Uh, because I don't have much to say about my number five. It was just a good movie. Uh, I watched for the first time ever The Mummy from 1959, the Hammer film version of The Mummy. Uh, It was totally fine. I'm not a guy who loves the Hammer films as much as I feel like I should, but I'm continuously watching them to try to find the one that, like, really grabs me. And The the Mummy was was perfectly fine. It was a good Mm -hmm. way to kill an hour and a half. Um, Now... This probably won't make my top 10 of the year, uh, but I had a fucking blast watching the Meg. Um, <laughs> it was so much fun. Just just balls to the wall crazy. It doesn't take itself seriously. It's just there to have a good time. Um, definitely going to be one that I buy when it comes out on DVD. Like, it's just, it's a fun, dumb shark movie. It's the best shark film since probably deep blue sea because it just has that same vibe of just like we're all here just to have fun we're not trying to make jaws we're 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 trying to make jaws three at at best (laughs) so so it's just it knows what it is and i appreciate it for it brian back to you so i watched um the show disenchanted on netflix did you like it i did like i mean i didn't watch the whole thing i watched like three or four episodes did either of you guys watch it i have tried i haven't but jonathan made a reference to it yesterday when he was talking to me on the phone so i watched it and i about 15 minutes in maybe like 10 minutes in i was like all right let's turn this off like in my i was with like three people i was just ready to turn something else on and then just one joke grabbed me and it's actually pretty funny like the joke and I guess it's like our type of humor. The joke that grabbed me was the daughter is this rebellious princess. And um, she takes off her top in front of her dad and storms out. And the and the king, her, her dad is like, anyone who looks is going to get beheaded. And she walks out the room and then some guy just walks in and goes, whoa, did I look at those? Like, just- <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a lot funnier um, if, when you reminded me of that. Because I watched the first episode, Megan and I watched the first episode, and I admittedly am not a Simpsons guy, but I, meh, I, think I, I, I won't go back. If, if you are a Simpsons guy, like I think Matt will like it, and I think it'll give Matt hope, because for me growing up, I love the Simpsons, and it just, it was evidence to me that like, the writers of the Simpsons didn't lose it, the Simpsons just played its course and won't get off the fucking field pretty much gotcha. yeah yep. you know uh, like because the simpsons i mean i haven't seen them in five years but five years ago they just weren't what they used to be um and i think there's like 30 something seasons now yeah there there's a shit ton uh i own the first 21 on dvd <laughs> oh my god <laughs> So uh, I'll do my three and my two real quick, Um, because, again, I don't have much to say about my number three. It's just a really fucking good movie. So I want to rank it real high. I watched Island of Lost Souls from 1932. Uh, It's just a fantastic old horror movie. Uh, So go check that out. 
it's worth your time. Um, number two, and I want to stress, this could have been my number one. I had a real tough time deciding what I was going to put as the number one of this month for me. But the other night I saw Searching, and that movie is so emotionally intense and it's it does you know a format that we've seen a couple films do now but i feel like this was the one that did it the best and you're just i was just invested from from the first moment and i thought the style worked for it it didn't hurt it um so searching for those of you who don't know because i've noticed that not that many people know what this movie is is a film in which a father's daughter goes missing um, and no one's taking it as seriously as he is. And it touches on a lot of the, like, like I said, like it reminded me a little bit of like how hereditary made me feel minus the supernatural aspect, because it's this one parent that is driven to, to pr- find and protect their daughter. And the whole thing is done just on a computer screen as he's frantically going through her friends list on Facebook and tracking, Googling names and finding people and calling numbers and looking at Google maps and trying to like map out what happened to his daughter and uh, the anxiety that it creates in the mystery. And you're so captivated of figuring out the twists and turns and it, it just uses its format really, really smart. And it reveals so much about how little he knew his daughter and like all the different things that she was doing. And it just, it's fantastic. Every moment you're like, oh, that's the person that did it. And then like something happens and changes that. Like it it doesn't ever there's never a point where in your brain you're like, oh, for God's sake, I know it's this person. Why don't they just reveal it? Because every time that your brain comes to that conclusion, they immediately cut you off and like show you the evidence that it couldn't be that person. Um, so it it's just really well done. It's well paced and it's not too long. I think it's maybe like an hour and a half at most. Um Definitely not something you have to see in theaters, but when this I'm eventually ends, this weekend. yeah, I mean, it's good, but yeah, for listeners, you know, if you want to wait until it ends up on, you know, Netflix streaming, it's perfectly fine to see it then. Uh, Brian, do you got anything else? Yeah, I'll, I'll run through my list now. I mean, I don't right. have much, uh, burn through real quick on top of, on the same topic of cartoons. I also, me and Jade also watched paradise PD, um, watched the first episode ended in just straight anger and rage. One of the least funny things I've watched in a very long time. Tried to be Family Guy, and I don't find Family Guy funny. So if I'm saying something is a less funny version of Family Guy, <laughs> it's a fucking bad show. Um, then I finally watched Ozark, so me and Jade can watch uh, the season, season two. Yeah, season two together because I never saw the first one. Watch the. I'm up to the second episode of season two. Wish I didn't sleep on it. Think it's a really good show. And then Megan loves it. Yeah, I I, I was a big fan. I won't watch it. It's really good. It's actually really good. Um, and then this movie, I think I had to watch when I was a kid with like my mom and Matt. But I figured I'd take a look at it. And it's it's not often that a movie. I've been putting together a list of my top five each genre of a movie. And as soon as I was done this movie, I went back to my list and, and put this on my top five biopic. Chaplin. Really, really liked Chaplin. Yeah, Chaplin. Is that the really one with Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, really liked it. It's great, it. yeah. So good. So good. That and The Aviator are two movies I've finally watched in the past year that are on my top five biopics because I think they're so good. Nice. Um, I've got one more that I want to cover. My number one 
And I know that Brian loved this movie as well. And like I said, this could have been my number two. This this and Searching are both pretty much equal in my brain. Uh, Thoroughbreds, which yes. was just a fucking fantastic movie. Um, we talked about, I, I had mentioned tragic, uh, Tragedy Girls a while ago and said that it, it reminded me of Heather's. Um, and Thoroughbreds does as well. Uh, but Thoroughbreds is a very different type of reminds me of heather's movie um whereas like tragedy girls and heather's to me both kind of consistently existed in this fantastical world where everything seemed a little outrageous and implausible um thoroughbreds is so invested in its reality that it it is a just a really interesting touching strange dark film where you know you you keep wondering like are these girls going to follow through with this plan or do they just is this just the way that they pass the time and you never really can conclude if if they're going to the the plot line is basically that they want to murder the one girl's stepfather because he's a real piece of shit and you can never tell if it's just like two bored 17 year old gothy girls just having fun or like how serious they are about it um and it just makes for a really compelling view. Yeah, I, I really, really liked it. Really liked it. <laughs> and I have no interest. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't like Heather's. So I feel like... You're I, the- I know, and I can't believe Megan stayed with me when I've been like, eh, I don't really like Heather's. She's like, what? <laughs> and also it helps that I love that girl. It's the girl from fucking Ready Player One and whatever the fuck she was, else she was in. Yeah, no, she's fantastic in it. Uh, do you have anything else, Brian? No, no. All right. Well, that was What Did We Watch This Month? We'll be back in October with another list of things that we've uh, indulged <laughs> during the, the previous month of watching trash for you guys. Although <laughs> next month is going to be Rocktober, so there ain't a lot of trash in that. Not no, it's all, all glorious. Yeah, everything is good. There's no such thing as a bad heavy metal horror. or we shall find out if there is such thing (laughs) you're listening to the Geekscape Network Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Hey! 
Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 